Well, we do gather this morning to celebrate not just the announcement, but the reality and the good news that Jesus, our Savior, was born on this day, or this day that we celebrate, and we rejoice in that. I want to take some time this morning to just reflect again on part of the passage that Steve read for us earlier in Luke chapter 2, in particular, the announcement of Jesus' birth by the angels. And so I'm going to read again Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 10, down through verse 14. So let's give ear to God's word. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Father, would you, by your Spirit, give us grace and wisdom to hear this good news afresh, to receive it in faith, to trust wholeheartedly in your gift to us of eternal life through your Son, and to glorify you in worship, not only here this morning, but in our lives. And we pray that you would do that for us this morning. In Christ's name, amen. There is something wonderful about Christmas in the eyes of a little child. They have, may have vague memories of Christmas's past, and they know it's something marvelous and special, yet there is still at that very young age where everything about Christmas seems new, it seems fresh, it seems wonderful, it seems exciting. The events surrounding the day still hold a wonder for them, and the anticipation and the excitement of Christmas morning builds up and is almost unbearable as we wait for its arrival. And the stories and the songs and the traditions that often become all too familiar to many of us are taken in by a young child with, with wide-eyed fascination and joy as it's, it's, it's heard by little ears. And my challenge to us here this morning as we gather as God's family on this Christmas day is to hear and receive what to many of us is a familiar passage, a very familiar story and to, and to understand and celebrate the meaning of Christmas with fresh ears and renewed hearts. Much like a, a little child or, a, or the shepherds would have when they received that first, uh, the angel appearance in the announcement that first Christmas morning. And so I want to look at, from, taken from that angel's announcement that we just read, I just want to look real quickly at five reasons for us to celebrate the birth of Jesus and his appearing to us. And these five truths and the implications for our lives are truly a cause for wonder and for, for ongoing rejoicing. And so as we let them sink in this morning, my prayer is that through the work of God's Spirit, they would, they would spark in us a, a renewed, fresh, wonderful, exciting, joyful response of worship and devotion to Christ our King. Reason number one that we have to celebrate Christ's birth Fear is removed. Fear is removed. The angels appeared to the shepherds that night, and Luke tells us that they were terrified. 
And that's understandable. It's not every night that, that in your quiet, mundane, predictable life is interrupted by a magnificent appearance of heavenly beings. But the angel's first words to them are, do not be afraid, fear not. These were the same words spoken to Zechariah and to, and to Mary and to Joseph when God appeared and revealed to them the events that were about to unfold. And one reason to celebrate the coming of Christ is that fear is removed. Fear is a natural thing for us, if you think about it. We are beset with all kinds of fears, aren't we? You fear an uncertain future. You may fear being abandoned by someone you love. Fear of not being accepted by others or, or of suffering and trials that, that have come or may come upon us. Fear of a, a life of unfulfilled expectations or dreams. Fear of job insecurity. Fear of meeting new people. Fear of failing a test. Fear of reaching out to someone different than us. And as sinners, we have all the more reason to fear. We fear being discovered in our guilt and our failures. We fear how others will respond to us when they find out something about us. We fear having to own up to our own sin before others, and even worse, before a holy and righteous God. And ultimately, we all fear dying and the death that awaits every one of us in the future. But the message of Christ's coming is, fear not. Don't be afraid. Hebrews 2.14 says, The purpose of Jesus being born as a man is that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power over death and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. We are free from the ultimate fear of death through the coming of Jesus Christ. And if that's true, then doesn't it hold that all other lesser fears really should hold no sway over us. First John reminds us there is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the love of God was shown supremely in the gift and the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ, and in His life and His death and resurrection, which removes from us all punishment and wrath of God for our sins. And thus the message of Christmas truly is, fear not. Won't you wonder and be amazed at God's great promise to you in Christ? Fear not, I am with you. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Cast all your cares on God because he cares for you. God is your light and your salvation. Whom shall you fear? Reason number one, fear is removed. Reason number two, not only removes fear, but Christ's coming also imparts joy. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, said the angel. It seems in our, our constant news cycle, if you're, you're like me, that, that there's very little that could be categorized as good news of great joy. But occasionally there's a story that appears. There's a story of, of triumph over trial. There's a story of grace in the midst of tragedy. Or there's a story of love conquering hate. And sometimes as I get older, as I read and hear those stories, I find myself welling up with tears. Not tears of sadness, but tears of joy. Why is that? Why do some things in the world produce that emotion where we, where we begin to just be overwhelmed with, with joy? And the reason is because we're wired for that. 
We are wired for joy. We long for it. We seek it. We go to great lengths to p- try and generate it in our lives. And when we, when we catch a glimpse of true joy, joy produced by, by love triumphing over trials or good overcoming evil or, or life, uh, a life being sacrificed for someone else, it, it moves our heart. It fills us with joy. And that's why the coming of Jesus Christ imparts joy it's why it's good news of great joy it's that in Christ's appearing love does indeed triumph over hate good does ultimately conquer evil the life of of one who who is perfect is laid down in order that true life may be taken up by others who are imperfect in Christ the true joy of knowing God that God is for us and not against us fills our hearts. It's the joy of knowing that God won't leave us or forsake us. The joy of knowing that nothing can separate us from God's love. And this joy is not found, Jesus tells us, in the absence of pain. It doesn't mean that we won't experience troubles or trials, but it's experienced in the midst of pain. Hebrews 12 tells us that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross And because of that, we can now endure the trials and pains of suffering in this world with joy. Paul calls us to to rejoice always. Peter says, consider it pure, excuse me, James says, consider it pure joy, brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. How How can you rejoice always? How can you find joy in trials of many kinds when your hope is rooted in Jesus Christ? Because Jesus is the mediator of true joy. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be in full. And so the the good news of Christmas is that joy is imparted in Christ. Reason number three, fear is removed, joy is imparted, and salvation is received. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Children, any of you ever been separated from your mom and dad, maybe in a crowd, and you felt like suddenly you were lost. You couldn't, you couldn't find your mom or dad. You, anybody experienced that? Some of us have experienced that. And, and you know the feeling that is there. Maybe you've turned down the wrong aisle at the store, or you, you've just looked up and suddenly you can't find them in the midst of the crowd. And there's this, this sense of fear, this sense of, of panic that kind of rises up. And, and maybe tears start to flow and you begin to to get very afraid that you might not see your mom or dad again. And then suddenly you hear your name called or you look up and you see their face down uh, in the crowd and you're filled with relief. That fear is gone and, and that joy returns as you run to their presence. Well, the news that a Savior has come is only cause for celebration if you realize that you're lost and separated from your heavenly father. Isaiah in his prophecy of Jesus' coming describes man's condition as people walking in darkness. Sin is described as, as blinding us to the reality of God's truth and who he is. It is depicted as God hiding his face from us. And the reality is that because of sin, our condition in relationship to God is like a, a little child who has, who has wandered off from the presence of their father. We are lost. We are separated from his presence, wandering in the darkness, unable to find a way home. 
But God doesn't leave us in that condition. Christ comes as a Savior. He comes as as the light of life shining into the darkness, revealing the grace and the truth and the redemption of God, calling our name to to receive him and to welcome us as, as his children into the loving, caring, protecting presence. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. And in the birth of Christ, that salvation promised and anticipated and longed for all those centuries before by God's people and and longed for by all those after his appearing comes in the flesh. So parents, what do we tell our children about getting lost? I remember saying to my kids, if you get lost, just wait, wait, because we will come for you. We will find you. We will not leave you there. And friends, God made that very same promise from the moment sin entered the world in the garden. And the wonder of Christ's coming is that in Jesus, God has arrived to save us. He has come for us. And in the birth of Jesus, he he rescues us from our lost condition. And oh, how we should celebrate that, that unto us has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So fear removed, joy imparted, salvation received, and reason number four to celebrate the appearing of Christ, glory revealed. The fourth reason is is that the appearing of Christ is, is the glory of God now seen in the flesh. And I see this reflected in the angels praising God and saying to him, glory to God in the highest. The angels are pointing us to the ultimate purpose behind Christ's coming. All these other reasons for for his coming are reasons to celebrate, but the ultimate purpose is to manifest the glory of God and to to enable in salvation and engender in our new hearts a response that magnifies that glory in our worship and in our own lives into the world. In Christ's appearing, Jesus reveals to us the very nature of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. What does it say? We have seen his Glory, glory, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the Bible tells us that no one can look upon the glory of God and live. He's too too perfect. He's too holy. His glory is too weighty and powerful. It would overwhelm us. But God willingly makes himself known in a way that, that not only embodies and reflects that glory and magnificent, but also in a way that we can now interact and see and receive who God is. And in doing so, through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus opens the way for us now to enter into the presence of God, to approach him in all his glory with unveiled faces and to see the glory of of the living God in the face of Jesus Christ in the Gospels and to worship and fellowship with him as his dearly loved children. Because of Christ, all of life becomes an opportunity now for us to glorify God. We are in fellowship with him. We don't just worship God in the temple. We don't just worship when we gather here in this building at church on Sunday mornings. All that we do in our lives is an act of worship, a reflection of the glory of God 
that we have seen in Christ. And we as the body of Christ, the Bible says, are being transformed more and more into the image of Christ and and to reflect his glory such that through our lives the world might see the light of Christ shining. You're the light of the world. Let others see us and what does it say? That they may glorify their Father in heaven. And so the coming of Christ means that we don't just sing glory to God at Christmas, but we bring glory to God every day of the year. He's torn down the the curtain of separation, which hid God's glory, and the message of Christmas is now true glory has been revealed in Christ. So fear is removed. Joy is imparted. Glory is revealed Salvation is received. And reason number five to celebrate the appearing of Christ is that peace is obtained. Glory to God in the highest, the angel said, and on earth peace to men, to all those on whom, with whom he is pleased, or as another translation says, on whom his favor rests. A fifth reason to celebrate Christ's coming is the promise of peace. And Isaiah said he would be called, Jesus would be called the Prince of Peace. And Jesus said to his disciples, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives, but my peace, true peace, I leave with you. Paul reminds us, since we have been justified by faith, we have been redeemed in Christ, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Again, the peace that Christ brings is not, a, not an absence of conflict. It's not an absence of tensions or, or suffering or trials in our lives. Jesus said, I told you these things that you may have peace, but in this world you will have trouble. But Jesus comes to give us peace in the midst of that trouble. He is speaking of a peace that transcends what what we commonly think of or the world commonly thinks of as peace. A peace that transcends understanding. And it comes when our hearts and our consciences are at rest in God and in our our salvation and in our relationship with God. The peace that comes in knowing that all striving for salvation has ceased. That Jesus has purchased our pardon. That we can rest in him for forgiveness and and acceptance and security. A peace that understands that God has loved us not because of who we are or what we've done or not done, but he's loved us because of his grace. A peace that knows, again, that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that peace, it produces in us a a quiet steadiness in the midst of storms. It It produces a settled confidence in the midst of the uncertainties of life. It produces in us a gentle firmness in the face of the threats that life brings. That peace produces a humble boldness that is willing to take risk and neither sinks into despair over failure or rises in pride or arrogance over success. And that peace is an indication that indeed fear has been removed and joy has been imparted and salvation has been received and glory has been revealed. In that we have peace in Christ. But there's a note of caution in the angel's words. Christ does not come to bring peace to all, but to those with whom God is pleased, on whom God's favor rests. Who are those? Those that receive him. 
those that believe in his name, those that trust wholeheartedly in Christ alone as their Savior, as their joy, as their peace. God's favor rests on those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, the greatest gift in the world is yours on this day in Christ Jesus. Unto you, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, what your life is like right now, unto you has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. All fear is removed. Full joy is imparted. Full salvation is received and glory of God is revealed and peace has been obtained through Him. The greatest gift that we could open has already been opened (laughs) in Christ Jesus and in the empty tomb. And He just calls us to come and to receive and to trust Him and to live in those blessings that He has received for or given to us. And so may we, like Mary, ponder and treasure all these things in our hearts. And like the shepherds, may we we return from here this morning, going forth glorifying and praising God and spreading the good news of great joy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let's pray together. Father, we come here acknowledging our desire and our need for all those things which you have promised in Christ. We desire not to fear. We desire joy. We know we need salvation. Lord, we desire the the glory, your glory to be revealed that we might know you. We desire to experience true peace. And Father, we thank you and we praise you that those things are obtained for us and are given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, keep us from seeking those things where they cannot be found, but to seek them in the only place where we can truly experience them in your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we give you thanks as we gather here as your people today that you have called us to not only know you, but to reflect that glory, to exude that joy, to, to, uh, to, to manifest the confidence and the, and the peace that we have in Christ as we live our lives in a broken and fallen world. And we thank you that you equip us for that through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray for those this morning here amongst us or, or listening online or those who are, are uh, absent from us for whatever reason it may be, Lord, that you, they would know uh, your grace and your truth revealed in Christ. Father, we pray for those who are sick. We lift them up and pray for your healing grace in their lives. We especially pray for Leanne this morning, Lord, as she's recovering from, from surgery. Father, we pray that you would bring uh, restoration to her and, and wholeness and healing Uh, from this back surgery. And Father, we just pray that you would uh, be powerfully present with her as she celebrates Christmas with her family. Father, for others we know who are are sick or suffering in some way, we pray that uh, your comfort and your strength would be with them. Father, we pray for those who are, are grieving loved ones lost at this Christmas season parents who have passed away, husbands or wives who have, who have gone before us, Lord, children who are wandering or distant 
Father, even the loss of, of things that we uh, desire and have in our lives, Father, we, we sometimes enter into this time grieving, but you are the one who, who came as a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and you bore that grief for us that we might know true hope in Christ. And so we pray, Father, just that your comfort and your grace would be extended to all those who are um, sad and sorrowing over loss. And Father, we pray that you would um, fill us with your joy, that we might indeed impart that to others. Father, help us to minister to those in need, those who are in need financially or materially, to those who are homeless, those who um, are, are poor and in need of, of just a, a financial boost to get back on their feet. Father, would you uh, make us a people who are generous, not only of heart, but generous of hand as well that we would meet those needs with the, with the generosity and the, and the gifts that you have given to us. And most of all, Lord, we pray that uh, each and every day we would wake up with a, a new, fresh hope and joy and peace that is found in you, knowing, again, that nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the body of Christ, the family of God. Thank you that you have called us to, to be your hands and feet in this world. And thank you that we know the day is coming when we will see you face to face and be in, rest in your presence and that all sorrow and sickness and sadness and death will be no more. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've come to make all things new. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.